What's up and welcome to Wait Hold Up Podcast with Jessica Molina and Yarel Ramos. Each week, tune in as we have unfiltered conversations about careers, relationships, wellness, feminism, and of course, we'll often be joined by guests you either know or should know who will share their humor, knowledge, and their very own Wait Hold Up moments with us. Here at Wait Hold Up, we want you to feel like you found your crew, your girls who you can do life with. Listen, it's a crazy world out there and we can all use some help in our efforts to live our best lives. We don't have all the answers, but we're down to figure it out together. Thanks for listening. Here's our latest episode of Wait, Hold Up. going on welcome back to the podcast yes we're so happy to have you i'm jessica i'm yarel and yarel what's going on How okay are you? so i'm doing well do you know just living my best life it's a very crazy time of the month right now i don't know i feel like i'm just like i've been non-stop yeah 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 like literally in work and everything I've just been non-stop but it's been some really interesting times just doing and still kind of channeling that inner work in like different ways and forms and trying to like add yeah. it to just all this daily shift and hustle um that's brought me some r- pretty interesting like aha have, have, have you had mad oprah moments? totally <laughs> wait real. is there any you would like to share um i think more than anything in la in um the working um field yeah yeah yeah, yeah just uh, just trying to really refocus on what it is i want to be my next kind of uh venture venture yeah move or just even what i i feel like it's just uh been a lot of like focus focus like what is it that you really want to do yeah so kind of like a check mark on a lot of the things that are important like the priorities the things that are non-negotiable and the things that i can you know i can work with so that's been very interesting yeah figuring out those non-negotiables are hard it's hard because i feel like we're taught that we don't have any negotiating power. Right. Or like that, at least that's how I feel. I know that we've talked about this on past episodes that sometimes you still feel like, I'm just this young person. Yeah, give me whatever you want. Yeah, I'm just going to take this job because mm-hmm. it's so amazing. And it's like, no, what do we want? Right. What are we worth? What have we worked for so long? And what do we really want to be our next move? Yeah. It's interesting because I've like been thinking so much about Milana's episode. Um, if you haven't listened to it, it was... I, I, I've, I've listened to it like five times. <laughs> That's what I'm I was going to say. I'm not going to lie. That is what I was going to say. I've listened to it multiple times <laughs> because it is packed with so much great information just about like how to do the work for your best life and how to really, the you know, we talk about the law of attraction. And I've been thinking about that so much because I am such a negative Nancy in my head. And in this sense of doing like, okay, well, what do I want my next job to look like? Or what do I want the future to hold for me? I am learning how to like not allow the negative um, energy or thoughts to really take up too much space. So like Mm. almost like Kung Fu chopping them as (laughs) they like come my way. And I'm like, no, Milana says no. Like I feel like. It's like those videos, right? That you like on Instagram that it's like that girl, that friend that's like, no, ex-boyfriends, no. Bad juju, no. Get away from me. Like we literally Real. have to do that. It, when she was saying like it's 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 a job that's like nonstop. I was like, hmm, um, okay. I already have a job, and but no, it is it is it really is an all day situation. Yeah. 
Yeah, no, I've, I'm so there. And has I, it happened for you though? Like have things really manifested or like shown up when you just, I mean, you know, I think what happened is what I've experienced is the slowing down. So I got super sick last week and like super sick, hundred degree fever, my knocked out for like five hours on Friday, on Saturday, like during the day, like just couldn't really like move. My body felt so heavy. I felt so weak. I felt so tired. And it was interesting for me because I remember that feeling of like, no, you've got to get up and do something. Don't be lazy. And like that sense of like, you had to the, be busy. The, the nasty words that that kind of came out of my mouth, of my mind to myself because I needed to just be still. Almost like a you haven't earned the right to be sick. You yeah. haven't earned you the so right to take to five do, hours right. a nap, you know? And it was, so after, once I finally got through that space of like, when I stopped bullying myself, quite yeah. honestly, um, I just like went with it. And, you know, I, my boyfriend was, he was just like, you, your body just needs to rest, like relax. And I just like took that time and I didn't do much of anything. And it was interesting because then I saw, I felt like really anxious and I was hearing what was coming up for me and what as I was like dozing off one night, all like NyQuilled up, um, <laughs> it came up for me like, you need to get back to doing the things that keep you grounded. Mm. And in like this still, this voice in I the still that. of the moment <laughs> came up to me, like literally walked up to my brain door and was like, what keeps you grounded, Jess? What helps your mental stay sane? And what gives you peace? And once I was able to hear that, I literally was like, well, X, Y, and Z keeps me grounded. Journaling, meditating, praying, or reading the Bible. Like those are the three things that I need to do on a daily basis and fit them in. I'm, when people are like, oh, I do things first thing in the morning. Honestly, truly, I'm someone who loves my sleep. I cannot get up. And also I found like when I try to get up earlier to meditate, I end up just getting really sleepy and falling asleep like mid-meditation. <laughs> so I will try and meditate in the morning, yes. But like the journaling, I can do that any point of the day. The praying, I try and continue that throughout the day or like reading a Bible verse and maybe thinking about it. Like those, I'm not trying to like hold myself to this like unrealistic task yeah. of you've got to like get all this stuff done before you get out of bed in the morning yeah. because I think like then I become a drill sergeant and really right. mean so just like saying like no but this is like if you want to continue to feel good you need to do this work and I was it's interesting because I started to feel better like by like Sunday morning and my boyfriend's like but keep taking your medicine and the vitamins and that was a perfect analogy for what was going on in my mind is the moment I, st I start to feel good. The, the moment I start to feel like clear headed, I stop doing the work. Ah. And ah. I'm like, yes, keep taking my yeah. vitamins. Like yeah. keep doing keep, the stuff that keep keeps me the strong. Vitamins. I love it. And so it was interesting how like I, I actually am like, thank you for slowing down, although I'm still super nasally. But like, thank you for slowing down body because I know that I needed that. Right. So, that's, and that's like a reality check for a lot yeah. of us that sometimes our bodies, you know, whenever we do need to like stop, take a break, our bodies manifest in other ways. It's mm. like, oh, you're not listening. You're not, you're not going to pay. Okay. So I'll make you pay attention, pay attention. Yeah. And like go back inward. It's like, if, if and it's also to like that part of like, if the inside isn't right, yeah. then the outside's not going to be right. Oof. So it, it's like, okay, let's, there's got to be some work done inside. Yeah. Otherwise the same thing I told you I, I broke out in this rash yeah. like a few weeks ago out of nowhere and I'm just like what is this I would go to the doctor and it was like oh it's an allergy I'm like I'm not 
allergic to anything, <laughs> I don't think anything okay <laughs> and then they're like yeah well it's probably this and finally uh, my dermatologist in that I had in Miami I sent her a picture and I'm like you gotta help me out because this thing doesn't seem to go away and she's like I think it's, it's a type of like rosea that happens on the skin when your body internally goes through like a trauma of like Damn. your body's gonna go through like a, is about to be getting like a cold the flu or something and it manifests on the skin Mm. but it, it I mean mind you I work I, I do television so it's yeah. like if something manifests on my skin it's a problem it's a problem because I can't really be on tv or it's just not going to be as as comfortable as any other time that I don't have this crazy rash all over my body and yeah it was it was one of those things that it's like okay what was what was the trauma and you know when I went to the dermatologist finally she's he's like yeah most likely it was like a sore throat that you were going through and I remember like three weeks ago being like oh I feel like I'm getting the chills like I'm getting like a, like I'm just getting wow. cold and there's something my body wants to and I and I started having like you know emergency and airborne yeah. and teas and whatnot and Vicks and whatever you wherever I could get my hands on but it's like crazy like it, a lot of it I, I felt like the rash I would when I was getting stressed and anxious the scratching was crazier the, the things were getting bigger like the rash was getting bigger and when I wasn't, when I was just subtle and I, I took like a nice bath with mm. like lavender and oatmeal, God knows what else I threw in there. <laughs> like my body was just like, okay, the rash was not that bad. Wow. And she was like, yeah, it usually depending on this trauma that you went through in your inside, like it's going to manifest in different ways and it's going to take a few weeks to like for it to go completely away. And it was like such a lesson. Like, I, I know, give me the creams. Yeah. Give me the, give me the meds, get, make it go away. And it's like, nope. She's like, you need to lay out in the sun for a little bit because it helps. You need to calm down with the anxiety, calm down with the stress, you know, take some days to just really uh, enjoy a nice bath. And it made me even take some days off from work. Wow. So it's like, it was one of those things that it's like, oh, okay. Like, yeah. the, like even like how you said, like we gotta, um, you know, continue to take those vitamins, whatever they are. And when we stop, our bodies go into like, okay, yeah, you're not going to listen. Well, here you go, sweetheart. Right. You're really going to pay attention now. Oof. That work is constant. And I think that the, because we'd had that conversation with Milana, it did make me say, okay, wait. Because I feel like I've gotten sick so much this year and I usually mm. haven't. So I'm like, okay, apparently I am not, I'm not learning whatever lesson I'm supposed Why to learn. Why aren't you learning it? I know, exactly. So I'm like, okay, is, is this good? Are we good for the yeah. year? Are we good? Are we good? But Because um, I'm really learning it now. I'm really taking it in, okay? I'm like, I get it. I get it. So if that's you out there, um, hopefully, you know, you have, you're able to take that time because I also realized like being sure. able to take a couple of days is such a privilege. You want to be on all the time. And especially, you know, I know a lot of, you know, women that are out there that, you know, have families, have children, have two jobs. Mm -hmm. The hustle is real. Mm -hmm. The hustle is like every day, 24 seven, sometimes with our phones on when we shouldn't have them. And we talk a lot about this as well. Yes. Um, and it's so important to sometimes just disconnect. It yes. helps the mind. It helps the body. Whatever it is, find, it's like, and even like Milana said, find find what it is. Find mm. those vitamins for you. Yeah. For some people, it's yoga. It's, for some people, it's hiking. For some people, it's literally disconnecting from the internet. Um, journaling, praying, going to church. Find those things and really invest in like a, those hours during the week for you to completely uh, give yourself that nourishment. Yeah. No, absolutely. Because I it's agree. real. It's real. Yeah. Well, speaking of nourishment. Yes. Speaking of this nourishment. This is a nourishing... Uh, yeah. We have a... Uh, 
We have a guest on today who's, I think, nourished the souls uh, of so many thousands, millions of people. For sure. He, you know, I, 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 I'm going to like raise my hand at this because I've retweeted, reposted a lot of his quotes, a lot of the, the things that he shares. So, um, you know, yes. So Diego Perez is our uh, guest for today. He is a writer. He's a speaker. He's a meditator. And he's also best known by his pen name on Instagram, Young Pueblo. I know a lot of you are going to be like, what? Young Pueblo? Yes, he's going to be on the show today. So Young Pueblo, meaning young people, a reminder, of course, of his Ecuadorian roots. He actually uh, grew up in the East Coast, still lives in the East Coast. And through his poems, quotes, and short essays, he explores self-healing in its realest forms. The movement from self-love to unconditional love and the wisdom that comes when we truly work toward freeing ourselves. Uh, he released his first book, Inward, a few weeks ago, and we have him today on the pod. Diego, thank you so much for being on the podcast today. Uh, I am a huge fan. Jess is a huge fan. Oh, yes. I think we're all just fans of all the work that you do and everything that you share on social media. And it's great to have you here. How, do, how does this feel? I'm feeling, yeah. honestly, I'm so happy. Um, this has been such a treat already, and it's been definitely a highlight being here and hanging out. Awesome. Um, well, we're very excited, and I would uh, would love to start off by uh, sharing with all of our listeners a little bit of your story, uh, just because I think it's it's so beautiful the way you've managed to use your story of an immigrant coming to this country when you were so young with your parents, full of dreams, and full of these also beautiful words that you've carried on um, many years ago. Yeah, definitely. So I was actually born in Guayaquil, Ecuador. And I lived there till I was about four years old. And um, then my family, my nuclear family, we all decided to move to uh, Boston, Massachusetts. And we just started a whole new life. Um, and it was definitely difficult. You know, we experienced a lot of poverty, um, hardships. But I think it was really the love that my parents had for us. And then how much they focused on instilling morality in us that really helped build the foundation for my personal success. And... It's been, you know, it's been amazing. Just, um, I, when I was about 15 years old, I jumped into the world of activism and that really sort of taught me about the word um, liberation. Mm -hmm. And in that time, I used to think about liberation as something very material and I still do. It has its material components. But when I started meditating when I was about 24 years old, that's when I started learning the internal dynamics of meditation, which are, you know, very personal, very mental. And um, it, now the two, you know, I have mu a much more holistic view of it, which really sort of defines my work. Can you talk a bit about that time um, when you were 24? And I know I was reading a bit about it and you did a 10 day Vipassana meditation. Is that correct? Yep, that's right. That, by the way, Jess, you and I have to go to because it already sounds amazing. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. I'm, 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 so I already signed I'm, you up, okay? <laughs> I'm, I'm in there. I mean, if it's as transformative as it sounds, I feel like I, I've got, I'm ready. Let's do this. Um, and there's actually something. You did an interview in for on a site, uh, The Hood Witch, and there was a quote that really stuck out, and you said, it taught me three particularly important lessons. One is that when we harm another, we harm ourselves, mm. that when we heal ourselves, we are actually healing the world, and that the chaos in our world stems from our internal stem from the internal chaos and misery that human beings are quietly experiencing inside of themselves every day. Deep. Damn. Like yes. that now was it like an immediate like you realize that or do you feel like when you were digesting everything that the meditation had that had taught you that you sort of really came into those realizations? Yeah, I think it was something that definitely happened over time. Um 
I think in that especially especially in that beginning phase of Vipassana, I remember I did my first course. I did my second course like two months after because so I you just, went ten days and another ten yeah, days I did right away. Ten days. I did my first one in July. Then I did another one in September. Wow. Just because I I was like so shocked and bewildered about what was happening, I was like, okay, I have to learn more. But um, it's interesting because those those things I definitely still feel them true today. But you know, they're not my personal ideas. I think that those are just the ideas that sort of come to the surface once human beings start that deconditioning process and start releasing mm-hmm. all those patterns that really sort of make up the ego and kind of cloud the mind. And um, mm-hmm. it's, it's cool because, you know, so many people have said to harm another is to harm oneself. But I have, you know, I've heard that intellectually, but it was only when I started meditating that I could deeply experience that within myself. And then that became a reality for me. Um, but yeah, Vipassana can take you very, very And, and what does it consist of? What do what these techniques yeah. consist of? Yeah, so as soon as you get there... Um, you give them all your valuables, including your phone. You know, you totally unplug from the world. You know, you let your job know that you won't be able to. <laughs> right. They can't email you. They can't call you. And you're essentially put, you essentially put yourself into a process where you're meditating all day for 10 days. And, you know, they teach you, you know, they basically t- make you take vows of morality. And then they focus on building your concentration. And then you start actually cultivating wisdom through the Vipassana process. So it's um, divided into three days where you focus on your breath and you concentrate your mind through your breath and then you start actually observing the body for another seven days and that's when you really start learning the truth of change, learning the truth of misery and learning that, you know, ultimately, yes, I do exist on the apparent level, but at the very ultimate level, I'm just a series of subatomic particles that are moving very rapidly so it makes it seem like I'm here, but ultimately, you know, Diego doesn't exist. Wow. Have you already been meditating before this? Because that sounds like an advanced yeah. course to like to, to the world of meditation. I don't think I could enter that tomorrow is basically what you I'm know, saying. I think I think it's because it seems so different from our regular lives that it seems so hard. But honestly, like when I went, I think I had meditated once for 20 minutes and I had absolutely no idea what I was doing. You're kidding. And a lot of people go like that. And I think it actually even benefits you personally to not have that much meditation experience. Um, And you just, you know, sort of like really give into the process and that helps you just, you know, kind of lock into it and really listen to the instructions as best as possible. And that's really the advice that I give people when they go to Vipassana is just follow the instructions as best as you can, you know, be strong and don't leave no matter what because things will come up. You'll have so many sort of old, deep emotions that have been accumulated inside of you that sometimes you're going to want to leave. But um, it's really like an an operation, so it's best if you stay till the end. Like, get through it. You can do it. I mean, if you want to be running the first day, no, stay. Yeah. Um, You mentioned activism, which Mm -hmm. which kind of struck me at, and you said it was uh, something that kind of affected your life when you were young. Was it something in particular, things that you were going through uh, yeah. As a young adult? Um, I think, well, I focused on activism just because it was the only thing that was interesting to me. You know, I always, even when I was really little, I felt like, I don't even know how to explain it, but I felt that the world was pretty out of balance. You know, I remember us struggling with money and I was always like, why? You know, why is it like this? Like, why do we in particular have to, you know, I don't know, why do my parents have to work so hard? Why don't we have like extra food? You know, why isn't, why do things have to be like this? So it was a pretty natural transition into activism and I focused, I remember I started when I was 15 and I started focusing on sort of, um, it's, it was like youth empowerment work and just focusing around youth organizing. And it was really like, you know, organ, like fellow high schoolers organizing other high schoolers in Boston to like 
improve their schools, improve their city, improve their transportation systems by literally, you know, protesting and um, figuring out who our targets were and just, you know, forcing them to give us the things that we want. And it was cool because it was extremely effective. You know, there were a lot of campaigns that I were a part that I was a part of that, you know, we won. But I started seeing that the fundamental things of misery, you know, they weren't changing. Like the economic situation was still the same. There were still like the bigger problems were still there. And then personally in myself, as I started growing older, you know, I was dealing with so much sadness, so much anxiety. And even though I've always been a very sort of external person and have a lot of friends um, in the quiet moments within myself, I definitely felt that, you know, this anxiety was like controlling my life and controlling my Mm -hmm. actions. And yeah. Wow. And it feels like now you're you're kind of using both of these, uh, you know, parts of yourself so much in the work that you do. Mm hmm. Yeah, I try to combine the two because in, the reality is that um, Jiddu Krishnamurti has this wonderful quote. He says that the inner creates the outer and the outer molds the inner. And they're both really relevant. You know, it's not just a one-way streak. So I think, yes, ultimately we do create the chaos in the world. It's the craving in our minds that creates the greed in the world that runs the world. But at the same time, that world does mold us. So we do have to try to attack it from both sides, you know, change ourselves from within and also be a part of social movements to help the world become a better place. Absolutely. And how did your poetry come about and, and you know, and using the platform on, on Instagram to really elevate and your voice and to reach new audiences? Yeah. When, when did Young Pueblo? Start? Yeah. Young Pueblo arose, I think, in uh, 2014, I think. Um, and it was a name that I just came up with. I think... Um, especially I, I think I got I got the idea from Juan Pueblo, which was like uh, he's like a figure in uh, Guayaquil. There's like a statue of him. And that's sort of like the everyday man, the poor man. And I think I really resonated with that because, you know, I like to keep my roots close to my heart. Um, so I like being reminded of, you know, where I come from, from Guayaquil. And it, you know, the Young Pueblo project, it just started because I started seeing the changes within myself when I started meditating you know, this anxiety and the sadness that I talked about earlier, I started noticing that they were decreasing, you know, over time. And Mm. as I kept practicing, they were becoming less and less and less. And to me, that was a huge victory. Like to me, you know, we grow up in a Western world and you think that once you're, you know, once you have some type of ailment, whether it's physical or mental, you have it for the rest of your life. And to Mm -hmm. me, it was such a shock that was like, whoa, like, you know, I'm not repressing this in any way. I'm not trying to fake it. Like I actually don't feel it as strongly as before. So I knew that I was learning some things and that I wanted to I wanted people to know that you can actually heal yourself and your healing is deeply interconnected to the healing of the world. Wow. I love that because yeah. I think that we have such a dependence on an outside source. And I'm not speaking about God or the universe. I'm saying like literally like a doctor or, a, you know, a therapist. And right. while I, I go to therapy, I love therapy. There's no, I don't see anything wrong with that. I think that there is something that we do need to be reconnected to our individual power and our individual control in, in helping to really alleviate the problems that we do feel on a constant basis, or at least being aware and connected. And I think that we have been in a society that wants to disconnect us from ourselves for sure. so much. Absolutely. Yeah, for sure. <clears throat> what, what, what do people, when you talk about these subjects, uh, Diego, what, what's, what's the, what has been um, the, what people tell you? How do, how do and the relatability that others share with, with your ideas and with uh, the poetry and the wisdom that you share on your social media platforms? Um, I think it's actually, the response has been, extraordinarily positive. I think um, 
in some ways people might see it as a breath of fresh air just because you know what i try to do is try to con- bring together psychology philosophy and spirituality and in the hopes that people actually get to know themselves better and like i know that you know people have very short attention spans we live in a very modern world where people are 10 seconds very occupied out. right so you have a <laughs> right. tiny moment that you can actually get someone's attention so i try to put as much impact and as much thoughtfulness into very few words. And um, it's cool because, you know, people read a little thing and then they think about it for the rest of the day in the hopes that they might know themselves better. Um, And this is really, you know, this is just like on the intellectual level. The hope is really that someday, you know, you pick up some sort of meditation or maybe even like, you know, different therapy practices or different sort of energy healing modalities or, you know, you can go on and on and on. There's so many different things that can deeply help you cultivate that inner peace that a lot of us are missing. But um, but yeah, it's really to try to change people, people's minds and in the hopes of inspiring them to actually them change themselves. And we were talking about that right now, how it's it's not so much that it's become like popular lately, but it has in a way where it's like, Definitely. right, where it's <clears throat> uh, what what are the ways like I think more pe- like literally people are waking up. Right. Yeah. And we're more woke to these um, anxieties that we feel, these feelings that we feel. And we're trying to find how do we. How do we deal with it? How do we cope mm-hmm. with it? So it's become more popular. It's become more important in society. What, what's? How do you feel about it? I think it's been interesting. I think especially um, in regards to like the idea of self-love. Like self-love was something that, you know, human beings had known. But over the past like three to four years, it's exploded yeah. onto the scene. I mean, just just sorry to interrupt, but just to see it even in like at the light at the bookstore, Mm -hmm. you know, it's like the self-care aisle continues to get bigger and bigger and bigger. Mm -hmm. And it's really it's quite, um, quite amazing seeing how much it's actually affecting people's lives and helping them. You know, people have different definitions of self-love. And now, like, it's cool sort of like being on social media and just seeing that people are actually thinking together. You know, a lot of times so many different people will posts about the same topic on the same day and then it's like then people look at different people's pages and you're like whoa like I just wrote something similar but not exactly that (laughs) but we're literally like collectively thinking and now I feel like it's almost shifting from self-love to ask people are asking themselves how do you actually let go you know how do you actually like take that a little deeper and let go of the burdens that have been limiting your happiness we're speaking of what are your daily practices um, I just focus on Vipassana meditation. So I meditate an hour in the morning and an hour in the evening. And um, that's, you know, that keeps my hands more than full. And mm-hmm. um, yeah, I learned so much from it. And it's been amazing, just especially around the idea of impermanence, because that's one of the big factors that we focus on. Um, mm-hmm. It's just showed me so much and helped me really value my life much better. And uh, you have a book. Yes. Oh, you, you were working on a book. Uh, that's actually already a bestseller. Mm -hmm. Uh, So congratulations on that. I know that's that's so exciting. Uh, Tell us about this journey for yourself with this book coming together for this purpose and also uh, this other idea that it's going to be out in Spanish. Yes. So yeah, Inward is now out and available. So initially I self-published it back in November of 2017. And um, now that one isn't available anymore. Now what's available in bookstores and online is the revised edition, which I released with um, Andrews McMill, um, my publisher. And it's been amazing, you know, just um, actually hearing people's stories about how Inward is serving them well. And a lot, you know, people just like reading it over and over and discussing it with friends. And 
and it really you know really fills my heart because I, I wanted to make something that was actually useful to people um, and now the flip side is awesome because um, we're going to translate it into, it's already been translated into Spanish and it's going to come out in March 2019 and it'll be all over Latin America and Spain so I feel like that's a really big win that, our very own Pablo Neruda <laughs> yes I know right that's so that's so incredible and I, the fact that it's going to be, you know, able to reach more people, I think that's so awesome. I know. One of the things I hear the most from people is like, I want my mom to read this, you know, and, and to oh, me, that's, that's really beautiful. important. Because so my, my mom tells me too, like, I want to be able to read this in Spanish. And right. I'm like, all right, mommy, don't worry, we're working we on it. We got you. I got <laughs> you. I got you. You know, and speaking of reaching people, I'm really curious that I know we were just talking about self-love and self-care. How do men respond to your work? Oh, this is such, I'm so glad you asked that. So it's been really interesting. When I first started doing events, it was like 99.9% women who would come. Even now, mm. I think when I when I do analytics on like um, my Instagram account, I think like 85% of the people who follow me are women. But mm -hmm. what I am starting to see that's different is that more men are starting to come to my events, especially in the last mm. year, which I think has been awesome because the ideas of cultivating the internal are for everyone. You know, even when I write pieces, everything is always for everyone. Even sometimes, I don't know if you've seen, I've wrote some pieces that use the word she. Yeah, yeah. And, uh -huh. which I, I wasn't mentioned that. Yeah. Right. And when I use that word, you know, I'm not trying to speak about the experience of women at all. What I'm trying to do is not continue that history of patriarchy that has always yes. used the word he in like spiritual, mm -hmm. political yes. context, you know. <laughs> well, what it? And, and I, I'm hoping that, you know, men can sort of the same way like women work forced to i know it's not a perfect solution but mm -hmm. that men can also you know see themselves in that word um right because these stories are really for everyone you know like when i put these experiences it's for anyone who has also felt that um but it's been interesting sort of like challenging men to like see themselves in that word and just trying to like combat that patriarchy because it's got to go yes, yes. <laughs> and do you find that they are apprehensive in the because the act of looking inward like we were talking about like that's also something very new yeah. and it requires a sense of vulnerability and Absolutely. the word vulnerable and men tend to give them like the heebie-jeebies they're very uncomfortable by that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. so it's like how do you encourage them to push past what is almost ingrained in their dna to avoid mm -hmm. Yeah, I think um, I think uh, honestly, all that we can really do is be an example. And I think I've, you mm -hmm. know, myself and a few other men that I found online have just been um, more sort of in touch and open to sort of working on the things that are, you know, that are difficult or things about their character that they want to change and um, or actually being less harmful to themselves and other people. Um, and I've been seeing more and more men sort of becoming attracted to that work, even like out here in California. I know there's a network of um of men's circles called Sacred Sons. And they sort of focus on, you know, getting rid of that machismo, getting rid of that patriarchy within themselves and just like deeply connecting with their emotions. And it's quite beautiful work, you know, but yeah. I think that amazing, it's coming. Yeah. But the powerful thing is that, yeah, like women led the way, you know, it's like it was, it's even, even when you go to Vipassana courses in the United States, it's, it's always like, you know, there's always more women than men, but you know, you started it and I think we're going to, you know, men will follow suit. Yeah, that's and that's yeah. also beautiful to see for sure. Like this collective uh, being much more aware yeah. um, of, of the inner work as well as obviously being a reflection of the outer work. Uh, yeah, so I'm really curious about, you know, you're 
you have this platform that now people are glued to and i'm sure that they you know the way that the algorithms have changed people probably are just like going out of their way to find you on instagram do you feel like there's a sense of pressure now that you've gotten to a level where you have you know around 200,000 followers on instagram you've got your book to continue to be this source of inspiration for people or do you think that it naturally flows through you because you stay authentic authentic to who you are like do you have certain times that you have to you know that yeah i mean I think there's definitely I definitely feel some tension because it's all growing a lot. Mm. So mm-hmm. one thing that I didn't have before was like I wasn't doing that tons of events. I wasn't like, you know, like here doing podcasts and um, doing different things that, um, you know, different like media outlets and whatnot. But um, so that's taken up a lot of my time, to be honest. And I've realized that a lot of my job has just become pretty administrative. Like I'm just mm. answering tons of emails and messages. Oh. So that has definitely taken away from the creative side of things. But the good thing is that, you know, what I'm doing is I'm pulling from inward and sharing a lot of those different pieces. So I am focusing on highlighting the book like the book's totally written. Mm-hmm. But it's something that I definitely do need personally is just um, sort of like cutting out more time where I'm not doing events, where I'm not, you know, doing so many interviews and whatnot so that I can just focus on figuring out what is it that I've been learning lately. And, you know, like I, I still meditate. I obviously meditate every day through all of that because that's what's helping me be productive. But I definitely feel that there are things that I've been learning um, and hurdles that I've been going through that I haven't given words to yet just because I haven't had the time to really sit down and be quiet with myself and try to intellectualize that. But that'll come in the future. Can you speak about that a little just because I think that there's so many people who either have their own businesses or want to start their own businesses. And especially when they're passion driven, I think that they're when it does become administrative heavy, that can really make people frustrated and almost feel like they want to get rid of the business and just go back to creating the art. Yeah. So can you talk about that transition and and how you manage it? Definitely. Um, I'm lucky. um, One of my, like, mentors is um, Elena Brower, and she's, like, really big in the meditation world and yoga world, and she speaks all around the world and, and everything. And she was telling... I was with her the other day, and we were... In, um, in New York City in the park and I was telling her I was like I'm just answering so many emails and all these things and she was like you need to get your organization on point mm-hmm. she's like because the, the more organized you are like in your home in your business the more time you'll be able to give yourself to the creative side and I was realizing that she she challenged me to just you know take it even a step further like actually start you know um, like hiring people and right. you know outside of like my publisher and whatnot um, there's still, you know, areas that we can sort of like hire out that, um, right. that I don't think, you know, cause if, if I just end up all spending all of my day answering emails, like and doing you know, interviews, then, then yeah. I, cause like the thing, the important thing is like, this is cool, but yeah. the point of young Pueblo is to help individuals. Right. right. And that happens mm. in the intimacy of like the internet and books in them, not necessarily like through interviews, like interviews are right. always fantastic and they help, mm-hmm. but it's really the material that I create, you know, for yeah. people. And is there like a particular time like do you have uh kind of like set with now that you have that you're so busy that you have to have for yourself aside from the meditation that you have to have for that creative space and that creative process um no i mean it's interesting because like when i meditate two hours a day i feel like it's a it's just the most rejuvenating time even though it's not always like super peaceful like sometimes things are coming up and i'm yeah. like getting rid of these like really heavy old emotions or like chunks of ego are just like flying out Mm. (laughs) so sometimes it gets a little crazy but um 
but no, I think, um, yeah, like I post every day and I put up some stories every day and that doesn't take too much from me. What I try to do, though, is just like put my phone down. And then like after I post in the morning, you know, I don't want to see my phone. So like I love that you turn your phone around. Yeah, which is such a good good practice. Or the other fun (laughs) one that I just got put onto was like putting your phone on airplane mode and like live your life. Remember, like, do you remember like the 1980s? Like people used to to get around no problem without their cell phones. Right. I know. You think an emergency is going to happen, but 99 percent chance it's not. Right. And if it does, well, I mean, we'll deal with it. it Yeah, Yeah, we'll figure it out. Yeah. Um, what inspires you, Diego? What is there? What what motivates you? Um, I think what motivates me is the possibility, the real hope that the world can be better. To be honest, and mm. sorry, the um, I think what really sort of drove the project of Young Pueblo in the beginning was that um, I understood that to be able to really create a better world, to create a real global peace, the secret to doing that is in the transformation of the individual. So I think that idea gives me a lot of hope that, you know, you don't have to mm. be perfectly unconditionally loving. Like you don't have to be Jesus. You don't have to be the Buddha. You know, what what you do want to do is get yourself to a point where you understand that when you harm another, you're harming yourself. And that takes some work, but it doesn't take as much work as you really think. You know, it mm. takes some interest, a bit of an introspective journey. But once you get there, everything changes. And the more people get there, the more we sort of like build a critical mass that'll create that shift that'll sort of more smoothly um, help us create that global peace that we all know is possible in our imaginations and our hearts, but we can really make that a reality. Um, So I think that idea inspires me. Also, my teacher, S.N. Goenka, who teaches the Vipassana meditation and um, Jiddu Krishnamurti and um, Herman Hess, you know, there are some amazing people who've written some great work and and yeah, I mean, not, honestly, I spend a lot of my time reading a lot of like history books and political books and just focusing on, you know, trying to just learn what different theories got, you know, have a few great ideas that we can sort of try to piece together, you know, take a little bit from, from right, everywhere right. to be able to build something beautiful for all of us. I think you've done a really great job at finding peace, which I know for a lot of people is really hard. And I think it's especially given today's political climate, um, it's even more challenging because it feels like we're bombarded with crappy news on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. And since you're, you know, your roots are in activism, um, I understand you're talking about the, a lot of work on the individual, but right. what else do you think that people can do? Or do you think that it is just about focusing on themselves individually and their circle of influence in order to help really create the change that we want to see? I think the two things can really happen simultaneously. I think um, one thing that I've seen in the like activism world, um, even when I was active, was just like the idea of burnout. You know, people getting burnt out because they had no tools to actually rejuvenate themselves mm-hmm. um, and cultivate their own sort of personal liberation. And on the flip side, like people have to do the internal work and also be part of social movements at the same time. And that's something that you can't like necessarily demand of people. You know, people have to be able to you know, make those changes themselves. Um, But I think it's coming with time. You know, I think um, people are really growing and growing quite rapidly these days. And something that I've been focusing on personally is like, especially with the way our Western society is is set up, you know, we're sort of trapped in this paradigm of left and right. And I've been challenging myself in my writing to just sort of talk about things without using like some of the like more common words like you know i I try never to use like democrat and republican or or Mm. try not to use like you know capitalism or communism or 
you know, sometimes it's obviously very important to like directly address these things. But also, I also think it's important to realize that humans are much more apt and much more quickly can understand um, the language of emotions than sort of like these bigger theories. So it's interesting to me that, you know, to understand that love is something that's so powerful for yourself, but that's what teaches you to not harm yourself and not harm others. And that is actually like, you know, a lot deeper in that experience than just, you know, reading tons of books that will tell you the same thing. So I try mm-hmm. to communicate more so through the, you know, the language of emotions because people can much more quickly understand that than like, you know, what, you know, a democratic socialism is and all, right. all these things. I'm curious. I, I know this is a, a bit, you know, obviously we mentioned that it's become so important now, self-love, self-care, especially it's different in the Latino community still. Yeah. I think I think we're still even a few steps back. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you think about that? And how does your how has your family reacted to to all this in your life? I think um, I mean they've been pretty positive. You know, like they saw me going through my changes, me you know changing from the like the different ways that I would eat or just like not living in a way that's constantly trying to fulfill all of my cravings um, and just taking time to like, you know, learn, like know myself better, you know, through meditating. But what I've seen though, is that at the same time that I've been getting to know myself better, my mom has become like so much more deeply spiritual, you know, and she's a Catholic, but she has this deep, powerful connection with God that I think, you know, that happened simultaneously as I was growing. And now though we may have like slightly different understandings of the universe, that we connect heavily on the ideas of love, on the ideas of compassion Mm. and like how to move the world forward. But um, I'm lucky, you know, I'm really blessed with my family. I think, you know, we struggled with poverty, but I feel like my good karma came in the way of my parents. Like they were such good people. And um, so they were really open to transforming. And now we're much more open about our emotions and much more open about, you know, actively helping other people. And, um, you know, I'm really quite blessed in that area. That's beautiful. That's awesome. If there is one thing that you could give our listeners or multiple things of ways that they can really develop a practice, whether that's a meditative practice or an, an internal practice, what would you recommend for them? I say that um, there, you know, there are so many tools out there. I think we, li- you know, we live in a globalized world where literally, you know, it's been a hard process becoming a globalized world, of course. But one bonus is that the best tools that were developed in so many different parts of the world are now available everywhere. So you can literally like go to your computer and Google like, you know, how to decrease my anxiety and you'll get like X amount of Mm. meditations. So I think one thing is that sometimes that might be overwhelming, but I would say, you know, definitely try to do something new, you know, don't just like fall back on your own conditioning, like try something that's out of the box and you'll know that something is for you if it challenges you without overwhelming you. And that's a big one because you want something that will help you, you know, it will challenge you enough for you to become stronger, but it won't overwhelm you that, you know, you're you're just going to stop and not do the work. So I think people meeting themselves where they're at, um, they'll be able to find the tool that really suits them and then they'll be able to move forward and really build that palace of peace within themselves. I love that palace of peace. I I want to live there. And uh, (laughs) uh, challenging but, but without being overwhelming. Yeah, exactly. That's like, I feel like yeah. I want to put that into practice for everything in my life. For real. Um, uh, Diego, thank you so much. 
for stopping by. I know you don't do a lot of interviews and I know you don't do no, a lot of so um, much. This where you fantastic. share your story, but we are so grateful to you and yes, the work absolutely. that you're putting out there and for stopping by and sharing your story with us. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. That was so much fun. I feel like we got a lot out. Yeah. We did. We did. I know. I'm like, this is good. <laughs> <laughs> thank you again so, so much. Sorry I'm not there to meet you in person, but um, no, I, no hopefully worries. one oh. day our paths will cross. <laughs> Yeah, definitely. When we go to the 10-day meditation, Jess, Diego <laughs> oh will be there right. to guide us and help us. <laughs> <laughs> I'm ready. Well, thank you again so much, Diego. Take care. Ciao. Take care. Bye. So I think it's safe to say he's Ooh. just as amazing yeah. in person as he is, um, you know, for real online. I just want to be like, OK, read all the books, get all the quotes, just his energy. His energy is amazing. I love what he's doing also with the community with that book in Spanish, because I think a lot of uh, I mean, I could just think of a lot of my family members that would really, right. really take in that book and um, appreciate it and learn from it. Yeah, for sure. And I know that so many of you follow his work. So I think it'd be super fun if, you know, you share with us, DM us um, at Wait Holds Up Pod some of your favorite yes. Young Pueblo poems. Uh, this way we can share the love. I know we probably have seen a bunch of them, but maybe there are some from months ago that you're like still obsessing over. And uh, let us know how he's really helped you in healing, transformation, or just like beautiful words. That and why, yeah, why these messages you. hit a chord as well. Yeah. Uh, and, and your story as well. We would love to hear from you. For sure. As always, thank you all so, so much for listening and for supporting the podcast. It really, really means so much to us. You can find us on social media at Weight Holds Up Pod. Um, and of course, please leave us a review on iTunes, um, Apple iTunes. That helps us so much. We've got lots of surprises coming up in the next few weeks. So yes. uh, stay tuned and keep track of all our social on Facebook as well. Uh, we love you guys. Yeah. Thank you so much. We love you. Till next time. Bye. Bye. Hey, ho!